You know, I always loved this time of year, even when it was just me. But this is our first Christmas with Nicole. We can sit around a fire. We can roast chestnuts. This is going to make us like a real family. We're talking my two dads. Hit it. It was 1987. A Honda Civic averaged $6,200. The single European act became effective that July. Los Lobos sang La Bamba, and Michael, Joey, and Nicole became a family. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, before I introduce my guest, it's time for the 80s word of the day. As always, this comes from the Dictionary of 1980 Slang by Rick Carlisle. Today's word is shades. Noun. Sunglasses. A necessary accessory for any righteous dude acting as an unmistakable, nonverbal signal that one is cool. Coming from The Future So Bright, I Gotta Wear Shades by Tim Buck 3, 1986. Use it all the time. But uh, joining me today is a totally rad Christmas all-star and ratty winner. You'll know him as the host of the TGI podcast. It's Matt Urich. Matt, what's happening? Not much, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I wish I would have brought my shades. It's a little bright here in this room. I could have really fit in right now, but uh, <laughs> but I'm very excited to be on here. We uh, we talked a little off mic about this has been a long time coming for us to do this particular episode. So I'm very, long very time. excited. Very excited to talk about <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. I think we, like you mentioned earlier, because I'd, I'd forgotten about it until you brought it up. We had planned to do it last year but we couldn't find the actual episodes. They only had like season two up uh, available. And then all of a sudden later on um, it became available. So we're like, Hey, let's, let's get it done. And then uh, we just had like a lot of scheduling things come up. Mm. Like you couldn't, then I couldn't, then you couldn't again, then I couldn't again. And so, yes, I'm, I'm glad we're finally talking about my two dads, but like, let's get into it. What, uh, what, what do you remember about my two dads? So for me, my history is I was a little too young to have watched it right when it was airing. But the thing I remember, right. it used to be in syndication, I believe, on USA Network. And yes. it was a show that it, I felt like it was on a lot. And I never fully grasped the concept of it, I think, as a kid. It was like, my two dads, like, what? Like, what is going on? Like, I had never seen the first episode to know what was going on at the very beginning. So I kind of just right. jumped in in the middle and you know eventually it evolves and you you start to figure out what's actually going on but it's it's such a quirky 80s concept of a show <laughs> like that's my favorite thing about this is it's so just weird <laughs> that this would be what would happen that a judge would sentence uh, or not sentence but give these two men joint custody of this girl uh because yeah. they were both vying for her mother's uh love like it's it's so <laughs> crazy but i love it because it's it's so 80s it's silly but it's heartwarming and these episodes are heartwarming too and uh it, it was fun to go back and give these a watch yeah, you're right. It is very 80s sitcom. Like this would never ever happen in real no. life. No. <laughs> as soon as they found out like the paternity, you know, that that guy would probably be awarded custody solely. But mm -hmm. uh yeah, I and I'm kind of right there with you. I vaguely remember it airing in the late 80s. Like I actually remember watching a couple of episodes because I I mean, you know, Stacy Keenan, uh yeah. Oh as yeah. A, as a little boy, you know, yep. I had a huge crush on her. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I like you said, on USA, they would show it over and over again. And I remember watching most of them. I did not remember these Christmas episodes. The only thing I actually remembered was the upside down tree, which yes. we'll get to in a bit. Yes. Like that is like was like burned in my brain. Like, huh, you can turn a tree upside down. 
but like that's it i didn't remember any of the plot or anything but i i also enjoyed the show it was fun it was like you had paul reiser and you had uh greg evigan and uh the the theme song was so catchy you know the do 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 mm-hmm. do i mean just yeah it's it was one of those that um I, I loved the show. I thought it was so fun and weird. And uh, the other thing that I remembered was the uh, that couch. I think it is. That's like mm-hmm. a, a suede like a, car. Or yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> it, that was one of those things too. That when it popped up in uh, it, watching this, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I remembered that. Like I had completely forgotten about it. And then it was like this wave of nostalgia hits me the moment I see that pop up. It's 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 just this whole these two episodes just scream 80s. Just yes. scream 80s. It's like the yes. perfect little postcard of that era. And it's just so perfect. Well all the way down to at the very end it has that uh Christmas card frame oh, uh, you I know love wishing it. everybody Merry Christmas. Shows need to bring that back. That was- I love that and it's it's something that a lot of the tgif shows did i can remember full house and family matters Mm -hmm. doing those like almost every time they had a christmas episode and i'd love it and i'm i'm with you i don't know why shows don't do that anymore i don't know if it's because there's been such a big like push away from like christmas i mean we don't see as many newer shows or really a whole lot of sitcoms in general anymore but even so with uh, sitcoms that are on i don't feel like we get as many christmas episodes but i'd be all for it i want tv shows to bring that stuff back i love it <laughs> well and on your show tgi podcast i mean i'm sure you see that all the time well oh yeah know, talking about tgif so yeah it's it's something so warm and comforting and and you know what it just makes me think hey these guys and i know it's not true but it actually kind of makes me think hey these guys actually care about me and yeah they, yeah they're wishing me a merry christmas you know <laughs> but when some guy in post production's making this but yet as a you know as a kid and even now you see it and you're like oh they care they care they're wishing me and my family a very happy holidays a very merry christmas like it's just like the right. nice little warm and fuzzies yeah exactly so the show was aired from uh, 1987 to 1990. There were three seasons, and it had two Christmas episodes. It actually has a Thanksgiving episode as well, um, but we're not going to be talking about that today, just the Christmas episode. So the series actually is about um, a little girl named Nicole whose mom passed away, and uh, we see the mom, I think, once in season two, um, and I think she's actually played by Emma Sams, uh, which I knew Emma Sams from Delirious, that John Candy movie. That's like- uh- Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one. And uh, there was another movie uh, called Shrimp on the Barbie with uh, Cheech and Ch- uh, just Cheech, Cheech Money. Mm. It's not a good movie, but it's a great movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of those. <laughs> but uh, so Nicole's 12 years old. Her mom passed away. The judge, like you mentioned earlier, awards these two guys who may be her father um, custody of her. There actually is a paternity test done, but it's never revealed on screen which one her real father is. Nicole like destroys it, I guess, and uh, the judge kind of takes a little peek before it's completely gone. And so the judge knows who the real dad is. But, but yeah, it's like it's kind of like the uh, the odd couple. You have the the real free spirit guy, and then you have the uptight, you know, more down to earth, pragmatic guy, and. They play off each other very, very well. So Paul Reiser, of course, is uh, is Michael. He's the the very prag- pragmatist, I guess you could call him. And uh, Joey is Greg Evigan, and he's the artist. He's trying to make it big in his art. And <laughs> another very eighties sort of thing. I mean, it's very something much, that yeah. a lot of shows like to play into that type. I mean, I even look at something like Uncle Jesse from Full House. He's the musician. He's the cool guy. That's right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's the exact vibes you get from Joey in this. That they're just like, hey man, this is me. This is how I'm all about my art and I and in my life. And like where, like you said, like Michael, the character is so like pragmatic, like this is how we do things. This is I'm a business person, blah, 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 like straightforward, well, and, like and, and taking your uh, your analogy further, he would be like Danny Tanner. Danny. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the uh, the judge is played by uh, Florence Stanley, which, you know, as soon as you see her, you're like, oh, it's her. I've seen her and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but I think also uh, in this in the first episode we're going to be covering here. um there's another character, uh, Chloicky, I think is. Yes. Yep. Okay. And he is played. Is that uh, that's Dick Butkus? 
That is like, Dick Butkus. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yes. So strange. So strange. And it's funny for, so, uh, you know, I grew up outside of Chicago. I'm a big sports fan, big football fan, mm-hmm. uh, knew who Dick Butkus was, obviously didn't watch uh, him right. play. It was far before my time, but growing before up, time, yeah. mm-hmm. I knew Dick Butkus from this and from the show Hang Time that used to air on Saturday mornings. Uh, I remember after, that. after Save the Save by the Bell, he was yeah. like a high school basketball coach, and that's who I knew him from. And then I, you know, I get older and I'm like, Dick Buckus, you mean th- this guy's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? No, he's Kluicki. He's Coach uh, whatever his name from Hang Time. Like, it's so funny seeing a guy who is like known as the rough and tumble, hard, you know, hard nosed football player be like an actor like it's so strange but he's i mean you could he's definitely like a football guy obviously we'll get into it when he's playing santa claus a little bit later but uh yeah it was very startling again like i'd kind of forgotten that he was in this and then he pops up i'm like oh there's greg uh dick buckets okay here we go (laughs) well apparently there was actually a crossover that happened with uh night court that I didn't even know about. Uh, so that's one I'm going to have to go watch. But I guess the judge appeared on Night Court and Bull appeared on My Two Dads. So now I'm like, I'm down. I, I got to check those episodes out because <laughs> I don't remember those at all. But uh, but let's go ahead and dive right in. So the first, it's uh, the first Christmas episodes from season one. It's episode 11. Uh, Tis the season. So I, <laughs> I think of the two, this one's a bit stronger. But mm-hmm. the the second one has more of that like magical Christmassy kind of thing where we go yeah. to like here's what could happen here's your possible future, but this one's very down to earth. It starts off with um, you know Michael and Joey bringing in a Christmas tree uh, for Chloe's. That's Dick Butkus's character. He has like a little diner downstairs, mm-hmm. and so um, they're bringing the Christmas tree to set up because the judge does a thing for um, some some foster kids, some, some orphans where she, you know, makes sure that uh, if they're not adopted, that they have presents and they can get a chance to meet Santa and, you know, who, who Chloe is going to end up being in this, in this particular episode, he's going to be the Santa ambassador for those children. So it, it's, you know, the right away we start off and we get Nicole, you know, come in and Joey and Michael at this point are like super excited to, to celebrate their first Christmas together with their new daughter, They've at this point they've kind of bonded for a few episodes, so you know they they kind of know each other. When Nicole comes in, she's like, "Yeah, I have all this homework I got to do, and uh, it's extra work. I, I requested this extra work." And I remember thinking, "Like what? Like no, <laughs> yeah. no Christmas Christmas break is no work at all. Like no, ever. this is this is our time to sleep in and lounge around and watch." I'm watching Christmas movies and Christmas mm-hmm. episodes as much as I can as a kid. Homework is like the furthest thing from my mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as a kid, you're like, okay, what's going on? And she's so just like, no, no, I just, I want to get started. Uh, you know, I think I've outgrown it. I was like, outgrown Christmas. What? <laughs> How dare she say that? <laughs> that's, that's, a... <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's upsetting my, my uh, refined Christmas sensibilities. <laughs> So they go upstairs to like talk to her and find out what's wrong. And, uh, oh, but I do like uh, the, uh, we get the theme song and there's like a Mm. couple of Christmas elements in that theme song, which Mm -hmm. is really nice. Uh, Some frames and things like that. But anyway, so they go upstairs to see what's wrong and she's like taking the tinsel down and Michael right away is like, no, no, Joey spent a lot of time like getting this place ready. You know, we want to celebrate. We're so excited. And she's like, well, you know, uh, no, it's okay. I mean, you guys have fun out here. Just don't just leave my room alone. And so they're right away. They sit down and they're like, what is going on? So they realize, okay, we got to talk with her. So they, they sit her down and, and as they're talking with her, Joey says something and Michael, you know, Paul Reiser immediately realizes, oh, her mother, it's because her mother is not here. So, you know, they let her go and they have their own little powwow where Michael's like, all right, we need to send the, the, the one with tact, the sensitive one to go talk with her. <laughs> where are you going? Well, we got to talk to her. Yeah, yes, yes, certainly talking is good. However, in light of Nicole's current fragile emotional state, a tactful approach is what's called for here. And perhaps that is best accomplished not by both of us storming in there, but by only one of us. And, and, and that person should be the one who will handle this with the, the most delicacy and give it the most thought. I understand. 
<laughs> and so, of course, Joey gets up and uh, yeah. he thinks he's he thinks Michael's talking about him. And so he goes up to go talk with her. And this is like a common trope throughout the whole s- series where, you know, neither one of these guys think they're good parents mm-hmm. pretty much. You know, that why did you give her to me? I don't understand. And this is like our first taste because Joey goes to talk with her. And basically he's saying, you know, put a, let's put all the sad stuff behind. I want you to be happy. And she's like, well, what sad stuff? And he says, you know, with uh, your mom. And so right away, uh, she twists <laughs> his words around and um, he's like, no, no, that's not what I meant. I, you know, I, I just I want you to be happy. And she's like, no, you said you want me to forget my mom. And it's kind dun, of heartbreaking, dun, dun. I think. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. It's it's a sad little scene because it's not Joey's intent to right. to say we're not going to think about your mom again. Like you got to put that right. behind it. He's just trying to explain. Look, we need to look forward and look ahead to to fund things ahead and all that. Mm-hmm. So I get and like I get I get from her her point of view, Nicole's point of view. I get it from Joey's yeah. point of view. It's they're both kind of in a rough spot here, and especially for her, you'd have to think it's your first Christmas without your mother. That any mention of forgetting about it or forgetting about her is it's going to be a tough uh, a touchy subject. And so like, I get it. And that, that scene mm-hmm. is like, I think they both do a really good job in that scene. I also have to point out yeah. how, how tiny is Nicole's room. <laughs> I mean, yes. I know they're yes. in a loft. I know they're limited on space, but my word, that looks like a prison cell for how small her bedroom is. <laughs> it's like a closet that they converted yeah. into a room mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> and there's just, they have the brick up, you know, yep. and that's it. It's like wow, that that's would all. Be that's all she horrifying. gets. No, no one. I'd be sad too if <laughs> if that's where I was living. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, because I think they were in Key West, her and her mm-hmm. mom. So to yep. come from Key West to like this tiny little enclosed closet, no thanks. Yeah, quite, quite <laughs> the, quite the life adjustment there. Oh, big time! Yeah. So Joey goes downstairs and he talks with Michael, and they're you know powwowing together, and and. uh Joey's kind of pouting. He's like, I don't know why the judge gave her to me. You're the real parent. And so Michael's like, you know what? It's okay. I'll go take care of it. It'll be all right. And then we cut to, (laughs) we get a hard cut basically where the judge is, or excuse me, where Joey is downstairs talking with the judge. And he's basically asking, why did you make me a parent? Like, what were you thinking? I don't understand. And it's funny because then Michael comes in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know because he's uh joey's like michael's the real parent and then michael comes in and is like judge when you made me a parent what were you thinking <laughs> <laughs> so good i love i love that sort of like setup for it's such there's such simple jokes but they're funny yeah. like uh and and i love the judge is so funny too just in the way she I, you know, she's like a strong willed person who's just going to mm-hmm. be like no nonsense. Like there's reasoning behind her decisions and everything. But yeah, I, that scene there was one of the first ones that really made me like chuckle in that because the way you think like, okay, Michael's going to be able to handle this. He knows what he's doing. If he comes in, he's just so disheveled and just <laughs> like, you know, this parenting thing is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and she says something that uh, kind of got me a little bit. So you know, he says, what did you see in me? You know, Joey says to the judge and she says, I saw someone who was willing to completely rearrange his life for this little girl. And I thought, wow, that's, mm-hmm. that's parenting because that's really what it is. You have no, <laughs> and I know you don't have any kids yet, but, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to, you know, turn, run you away from the idea of kids, <laughs> but it really is a big change. Yeah. You know? it's, yeah. Yeah. It really is rearranging your life. You know, you can't just pick up and go. You got to make sure you have the diaper bag. You got to take the strollers. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you have you know, everything prepared. But meanwhile, while all this is happening, we get, uh, we get Cloicky <laughs> as, you know, as the Santa ambassador for these children. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Next. <laughs> What's your name? Jesse. How old are you? Eight. So what do you want Santa to bring you for Christmas? I want a telescope and one of those big maps of the galaxy so I know where all the stars are. You like football? It's okay. Here's a football. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Next. 
Kowicki has a very simple philosophy of Christmas gift giving. Boys get footballs. Girls get pink footballs. <laughs> and he's like asking him, you know, hey, what do you uh what do you want for Christmas? And he's like, oh, I want a telescope and I want to learn all about the stars. He's like, oh, okay, here's a football. <laughs> Which is a um, funny bit because it's Dick, Dick Butkus. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And then the girls get the pink football. And, and the girls like... get a pink football, yep. <laughs> like, I like that they at least, like, leaned into it with them. Like, they weren't trying to make Dick Dick Butkus a completely different person. Like, it's basically like... This is if Dick, if Dick Buckus now owned a diner. Like, that's, that's right, yeah. what it is. He seems no <laughs> different than what he is in, like, real life in this. And that's what I find so funny. So while that's going on, uh, and I completely agree with you, but he gets up. Uh, well, actually, hold on before that. So while that's going on, Michael comes in, as we mentioned. They're talking. He and, and Joey are talking to the judge. And, you know, they're like, what do we do? And she's like, I don't know. And they're like, well, you know, I thought you were like you know, when you take a test, when you're doing your homework and, and you don't know the answer. So you look in the back of the book for the answers, like that's you. And, <laughs> and she's like, you know, sorry. And so he, the Michael has a great line. He's like, you mean this whole time we've been parenting ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's good. He's like, it's just a big sham. Um, and of course the judge just kind of starts reassuring him. But during this time, we uh, Dick Butkus gets a call and his sister like comes into town uh, for Christmas just on a, on a whim, I guess, to surprise him. So he rushes out and they're like, well, you know, what about these kids, Santa? And so Santa picks up a little girl, puts them on Joey's lap. like, you know, this is one of Santa's helpers. And this is where we get like, I don't know, maybe Tis the Podcast would call it the uh, the Linus moment here. And so she, you know, she asks him, you know, can Santa talk to angels? And he's like, well, you know, what do you want him to say? I'll have to ask. I'm not sure. What do you want him to say? Are there any particular angels? And she's like, well, you know, my parents who who passed away, like I want them, I'm getting new parents and I don't want them to be mad. It's like, well, why would they be mad? It's like, well, because, you know, I don't want them to think that I'm forgetting about them. And then that's when it like all clicks together. Okay. So, when Nicole, when I said, you know, put the past behind us, you know, we don't want Nicole to forget about her. She was thinking I wanted her to forget about her mom. So, okay. So cut to the next day, <laughs> Christmas morning, I guess. And they, you know, bring Nicole down. And this is like the sweetest thing yes. ever. Although, come on, like, what do you, how could she at 12 years old not see that they were doing this? They're like, hey, you know, uh, a friend we have a gift for a friend of ours but she can't be here to open it can you open mm. it for her like what come on yeah you're 12 years old <laughs> i also but, i also love before this that because you know nicole didn't want any christmas around so they don't have a tree right. and joe right. went and stole a tree from a grocery store and he's like i'll bring it back <laughs> yeah yeah he's like we gotta bring the tree back in an hour Why? yeah because they don't know it's gone yeah <laughs> Did you find anything that could pass for a Christmas tree? Just this. Wow! Where did you get that? Hey, I got it at the grocery store down the street. We got it in the back in an hour. Why? Because the grocery store don't know it's gone. <laughs> I see. You got our present all wrapped up? Yes, I do. Hey, Nick, could you come down here a second? What is it? Uh, this will just take a minute, sweetheart. Where'd you get the tree? Don't ask. Hey, we got you a bunch of presents, but uh, you don't have to open them now if you don't want to. However, there's someone who gave us a wonderful gift, and we got her something as a thank you. But she couldn't be here, so we were wondering if you would open it for her. It's a picture with my mom and you guys on the beach. I kept it all these years. So they bring her down. They're like, hey, can you open this present for, you know, it was for a friend of ours. Turns out it... Um, she opens it up. It's a picture of the two dads and her mom back from the summer of 74 when they were all together in Key West. And so she's like, this is a, you know, this is you guys and my mom. And, she, you know, Joey's like, uh, just like a kid doesn't, you know, opens a present, doesn't read the card, which <laughs> guilty here. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm all about the gift. Like, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the card, but come on, we're here for the gift. Well, especially when we were kids, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, it says to Marcy and it's, it's basically, 
you know, a gift that Michael was going to give her mom, but never did. And I mean, you know, she's like, I don't know what to say. I don't have a gift for you. And he's like, that's all right. You're, you know, your mom gave us the best gift ever, you know? And so it's like, oh, she's the gift. <laughs> it got <laughs> so, me right in the, right in the it, feels there. You know, <laughs> It's like, it's like cheesy, but not, you know, it's like, you see it coming, but it's still like, oh, like it was the same with, with the little girl. Like it was yeah. so like sappy sweet, but in a good way. Like it's, she's so sweet. That little girl, uh, yeah. Debbie, I think was her name. She was, I think so, that was her name, yeah. so sweet. And like, she was funny, but she like hits, I mean, for a, an actress that young to hit on that, those notes of like, Oh, you know, well, will you be able to tell the angels that I won't, you know, I won't forget about my mommy and daddy, but I have a new mommy and dad. I'm sitting here like, Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> I was like, this is so this is so yep. sweet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so when they're talking with Nicole, then, you know, to, I guess, promote the idea even further, they're like, hey, you know, she's always going to be in your heart. You know, as long as we're here, we're all together. You know, that's what your mom wanted. So, you know, let's enjoy our time together. Like, we let's not forget her, but let's, you know, just be the family that she wanted us to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, wow. Okay. So, she starts kind of getting a little more into it. And as she's uh, going downstairs, the little puppy that they were going to get her peeks his head out of the <laughs> present. And they're like, maybe not the dog year this year. Yeah. We'll get her a dog another year. Well, I love to, we, we see the dog at the very beginning, you know, mm-hmm. Michael had pulled that puppy out of the box. And then the whole episode, I'm like, where's this dog? And I was like, if this doesn't show back up, I'm going to be really upset that we don't see what happens to the dog. So at least we get some resolution here as to what happens <laughs> with the dog, which for an 80s sitcom, we might not have gotten resolution. Yes. So this, yes. yeah, good on them for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for tying that knot. Uh, but then they all go downstairs and um, they're in, in um, Klawicki's singing. Santa Claus is coming to town on piano because Greg Evigan is a singer. So, mm-hmm. you know, in fact, he's the one that sings the theme song, which you can find actually on iTunes. And so I was like, download it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Take it, Michael. He sees you when you're sleeping. Yes, he sees you. He knows when you're awake. Yes, he knows. He knows if you've been bad or good. Be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. I want a football. You're getting a book. I want a bicycle. You're getting a book. I want a puppy. That I can do. But uh, so he, they're all singing Santa Claus is coming to town. And because Klawicki uh, had to run out to get his sister, the judge is now Santa. And she's giving everybody presents. She's like, what do you want for Christmas? And they're like, I want, you know, whatever, a pony or whatever. And she's like, you get a book. And yeah, I think one of the kids like, said, get another I, book. I think one of the kids said, I wanted a football. And she's like, well, you get a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they can swap them around if they sure, want. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then she gives like one of the little girls a puppy. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like, they, they, they can't keep animals. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so funny <laughs> that she, she's just like, here you go. You know, as if like the parents won't care that this little girl now is just coming home with a puppy as if that's no big right. deal, but it's right, pure eighties, right. pure eighties. There's no consequences to things. It doesn't matter. No, <laughs> none at all. Well, and then the uh, Klawicki returns with his sister and as soon as she uh, drops her hood, it's like this, go- this you know, beautiful blonde. And Joey's like, oh, there is a Santa Claus. <laughs> 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 and uh, cut to more singing. And we get the nice little Christmas card frame ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nice. Love it. I love it. 
I did too. It this you're right. This episode was very cheesy, but at the same time, oh man, it was great. Like I, I loved every bit of it. I knew what was going to happen. There was nothing that I didn't see. You know, uh-huh. every single thing was telegraphed, but it just played out in such a way that I didn't mind. You know. Yeah, I felt like this one flowed really well too. That it didn't yeah. it didn't seem very long to me. Like I don't know, something about the next episode just felt long. Where this this yeah. one, there's like no wasted scenes, everything's meaningful, everything's setting something up. Um, it all like ties in together. It's got good Christmas feels. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like this one kind of because I'm like you, I didn't really remember either of these Christmas episodes and right. watching, watching this first one, I was like, well, when I first watched it, however long ago, when we were first going to do this, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, a few months back and then watching it again over this weekend, I was like, this is just, this is a really good, just solid 22 minute sitcom christmas episode because it's not it's not too much it's a pretty you know singular story it's got like some real world to it despite the fact that this girl has two dads that were appointed to her by a judge uh but it's got a lot of like real world feelings you know of of losing someone and then having to celebrate uh the holidays having to celebrate christmas for the first time without them that's a that's a thing that so many people can relate to. So that's what I liked about this episode is that it's relatable regardless of the crazy two dads storyline of it all. That it's it's very relatable. It's something that mm-hmm. a lot of people go through, and you have to remember that uh, you know you could remember and enjoy the memories you have with somebody and for the holidays, but to also embrace new memories. And I think that's yeah. what this episode does a really good job of trying to explain. Really, yeah, and I I completely agree with you. It it gets you right, uh, puts you right in the Christmas spirit. It does as well, and it makes you just think about family in general. So, you know, accepting new family members, you know, maybe through marriage or or in this case, you know, through uh, adoption. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yeah, everything about it. It's like, well, yes, your family is people you're born to, but there's also your found family, which is kind of what they are as well. So yeah, that's the first one. In season three, episode 12, I'm dreaming of a holiday episode, which is a perfectly 80s (laughs) Christmas title there. This one, you're right. This one felt really long. I was not a huge fan of it as much as I was the first one. I really liked that first one. Um, It kind of starts off where Michael and Michael's coming into the apartment and Joey and Nicole are decorating their tree. And it's like this huge upside down tree has to be like at least a nine foot tree, I think. Um, and he's like spray painted various ornaments. They look like maybe they were paper mache or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it looks like something basically he created. And it's just this big upside down tree. And of course, Joe, uh, Joey being the artsy one loves it. And Michael being, you know, the more uh, down to earth one, I guess. Uh, he's like, you know, can't we just do something traditional like a normal tree? And <laughs> Nicole, there's a great bit where she like has her camera and she like takes a picture of them. Mm. She's like, ah, the traditional uh, holiday tradition argument. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to I have to point out uh, or bring up a story of an upside down Christmas tree. So this okay. seeing this in this episode uh, gave me a lot of feels. So growing up on our way to school, we would go past this house that had a big picture window. And we always knew when it was about to be Christmas time because they had an upside down Christmas tree in their window. And it was one of my favorite things. It was probably for a good seven, eight, nine, ten years, somewhere in there. We would see it all the time. We it, it was a street we went by very, very often. And then after that, we never saw it again. And I still to this day, when I'm back home or I'm visiting my parents and it's around the holidays, I'll drive past that street with the hope I'll see that tree but it's never there, but it's something that both my sister and I remember so vividly, just this house and upside down Christmas tree in the picture window every year. And it was one of my favorite things. So seeing it in this episode was very, very cool. Even though this one was much bigger than the one I used to see, uh, <laughs> the one I used to see was like a three footer, you know, just upside down. Right. But uh, it was, it's, it was very cool to see that again. And, and uh, on this episode. Well, yeah, you're right. This is like, like I said, it's got to be like a nine foot tree. It's super full. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a slim or or a, or even a pencil. But I mean, it looks, it actually looks pretty cool. I, I kind of dug it. Uh, so of course they start arguing. They talk about the two different paths in life you can take. 
And, uh, you know, Michael's like, there's, there's, you know, the following your dreams path, but, uh, you know, keeping your head in the clouds, that's a bad path. That's Joey's path. Stay off that path. And Joey's like, or you could be the boring, you know, just do what you're told and, uh, you know, take the boring job, desk job uh, kind of path. And that's, that's Michael's path. And of course, Joey's like, well, you know, whatever you guys go cook dinner. I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to take a little nap. <laughs> and so as they go off, he takes a nap. And of course we get the traditional fade fuzzy. Yeah. Dream sequence effects. <laughs> and he wakes up and he's, he's old. He's like an old man. It's been like 40 years later. And so he's in his seventies and it cuts. That's where it like cuts, of course, to the theme song. So all of a sudden it's like, all right, all right. Uh, but did you notice there in the theme song that uh, Giovanni Ribisi was one of the. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> one of her friends that comes out in this episode. So, so interesting. And he goes by Vani. Vani, Giovanni, yeah. Vani yeah. Ribisi. And I was like, I had to do like a double take for a second. I was like, wait, is that? And I was like, oh my gosh, that is him. Like, I I love him as like, he's a good, he's a good actor. He, he mm-hmm. pops up in a lot of different stuff, but it was, it's always funny when you see somebody who you know so well now from like a very different genre show up in like these classic shows that you totally forgot about them being in. It's very funny to me when I see these people pop up. So seeing him in, in the opening credits, I was like, Oh yes. Vani Rabisi. (laughs) (laughs) Like George Clooney in the facts of life or something. Yes. Yeah. I was also, I will say I was a little disappointed that they didn't go like fully into. So like, you know, we get Joey waking up and he's older and stuff. I wish the credits had him and Michael as the older versions of themselves. Oh, that would have been cool. I thought that would have been pretty funny. Yeah, that would have been great. I think by this point, I think they knew there was a last season. They're probably like, you know, whatever. But that would have been awesome. Yeah, would yeah, it would. It would have been just like a quirky, fun little like jump ahead. Just right, you know, just to be something silly. So he's in his shorts and like a like a just a house shirt unbuttoned, whatever. And uh, Michael comes in. He's got his bow tie and his sweater vest and his glasses and mustache. And you know, he he's like all perfectly done while joey mm-hmm. is more uh i don't know unkempt and a little a so little ragged in, yeah kind of yeah. raggedy yeah and he walks in and you can still see the upside down tree but it's like all dead <laughs> 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 but i love how the judge comes in he's like judge you didn't get old like michael and i how come she's like i didn't feel like it yeah <laughs> i love it i love i also love the idea and the fact that michael and joey still live together still live years, together yeah 40 yeah. years later no spouses no no bigger extended families or anything it's still just the two of them living together <laughs> you know i don't but so uh you know so he's like trying to figure out what's going on and he's he's uh you know well, what about nicole what's she up to and so Nicole comes in and, uh, you know, she looks like she's, you know, she's got her trench coat on. looks like she's all professional, but it turns out she followed uh, the uh, the road less traveled and she's a mime. <laughs> so like, that's such like her, her an 80s thing. are terrible. <laughs> yeah, they're so, so bad. <laughs> so bad. It's so, it's just so dumb, but it's also kind of funny. Like I, and she does do a good job of like, of being a mime who's bad at being a mime like yeah she, she does a good job of pulling that off uh so he's like no but also during this time we get an art critic that just happens to show up at his door and is like i'm looking for the next person that can be a millionaire with his art and so mm. she goes to like each one of his art pieces and she's like this is bad this is terrible <laughs> and finally she's like ah now this one he's like okay okay it's coming it's like this one is really bad it's the worst one of all <laughs> so finally he's like whatever she she looks at him and she's like did you take the road less traveled <laughs> <laughs> oh man that that cracked me up so bad uh but like this whole you know his art failing nicole being a mime it kind of just gets him out of his um uh, his nightmare wakes him up and so immediately he's he starts to you know tell nicole and her friends like, yeah, hey, we got to take this tree down. We're putting up a traditional tree. Go be a doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this one, I'm trying to go through a little bit faster because, like you said, this one felt a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it could have been, I don't know. I, I think maybe it just wasn't written quite as well. 
Yeah, it just the flow of it just you know, the first one, like we talked about, there's no like wasted moments in it. Right. And I feel like the the stuff like with Nicole being a mime felt like it mm-hmm. dragged on a little bit too much yes. where where like it was just the emphasis was, oh, no, Michael's got long hair. or uh, Joey's got long hair and he looks crazy. And like it was they leaned more into that instead of like. I don't know. I feel like it just could have been tightened up a little bit yeah. more. And that, that's what made it I, sort I of feel like it dragged on a lot. And, you know, especially like the dream falling into the dream and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like it just felt like, okay, come on. Like if I could have watched this at a faster speed, I probably would have. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And so uh, he wakes up. He's like, you know, Michael was right. And Nicole immediately is like, huh, I don't think I've ever heard him said that. But too bad michael wasn't awake to hear that and mm-hmm. cut to michael asleep on the couch having his own nightmare where he's old in like a powder blue 70s tuxedo with the yes. ruffles and everything uh-huh. <laughs> first first thing i thought of was he looked like uncle lewis from christmas vacation yes that was yes. my thought <laughs> yeah and because he's got like the bald cap on yeah so, you know, yep. he's bald in uh and he <laughs> It's strange. He he's like being interviewed by Casey Kasem. Like Casey Kasem appears, and uh, the girl that played the art critic, who's the uh, I, I remember her from Ghostbusters at Lewis's mm-hmm. party. She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's where I knew her from. But it's like a a game show. She comes out and she's all you know dressed out, and she leads him out onto this game show hosted by Casey Kasem. That's like basically Joey's always right or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and I love I love to the little detail. It, okay. Both both Casey Kasem and the the girl the woman there they're wearing pins of upside down Christmas trees, which I, I missed thought that. Was, I didn't see yeah, that. Which I thought was so perfect because you know it's Joey was right or whatever it right. was, and that they were both wearing pins that had upside down Christmas trees, which I thought was a great subtle uh, subtle touch, like oh, for totally. leaning into the upside down tree it was very funny. <laughs> so so they bring out their host joey and he's like this famous artist he's got like the sleek very fashionable all white suit mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. also seemed very 80s he's got the scarf hanging down you know <laughs> he looked he looked like kenny rogers to me yes that, that's yes, the vibe totally i was did. getting from him mm-hmm. he totally looked like kenny rogers and uh you know so they're like okay well let me show you what's happening so they bring out um they bring out nicole's friends who all took the road less traveled and followed their dreams, <laughs> you know. And so one of them was, uh, oh, he was a cowboy. Then Giovanni Rabisi became a ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> And I love how he brought out the the little proton uh, yeah. proton pack. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man, that was great. And then uh, the other one became a professional organ donor, which <laughs> because of course, right? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, okay, this is terrible. Everybody that followed their dreams did so well. You know, they took the road less traveled. And, you know, I I am here alone and miserable. But what about Nicole? I was like, well, you know, she she decided to um she she went on her own thing. But oh, sorry, hold on. I forgot something. I gotta say it. The judge, they're like, well, there was a Supreme Court justice. You know, the judge went on to become a Supreme Court justice, but then decided to quit and follow her dream of becoming an interpretive dancer. (laughs) (laughs) I got to bring that one up. Uh, And she comes out and does her like, you know, terrible little interpretive dance display. But so he's like, okay, well, what about Nicole? It's like, well, she kept her feet on the ground and, you know, really was, uh, you know, successful but very lonely and she's wearing like just this plain grayish brown suit with uh she's got her own tie her hair is like short and done up almost like uh one of the golden girls Mm. you know she's got like Mm -hmm. hair yeah (laughs) and uh so she's like you know come here fluffy come here fluffy and there's a great bit where michael's like oh see she married a guy named fluffy and (laughs) (laughs) no it was her kitty but she finds like a note from her cat pretty much saying like, uh, yeah, I, I know a cat. You think cats just want to eat and sleep, but I need more out of life. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm leaving. you. <laughs> Even her own cat leaves her. So that is enough to scare Michael awake. And he immediately realizes, OK, 
it's got to be there's got to be like a middle ground you got to follow your dreams but also keep your head on the you know uh, but also keep your feet on the ground and so he during the nighttime as he's looking at his regular tree the traditional tree that joey put up he has an epiphany so he moves that off to the corner and we cut to the next morning where he is finishing up decorating the upside down tree that joey got and he's spray painting some uh again i think they're paper mache i'm not sure that's what i would assume they are they are kind of cool looking i kind of like i kind of dig it i will say i I did too yeah well the tree was like also really green Mm -hmm. like compared to the other one so i think it was like a fake tree like it just felt more vibrant green yeah um, like a little more like a little more like like almost more fake green Mm -hmm. you know it kind of had that vibe to it right exactly so um they wake up and uh, Joey's like, hey, you put my tree back up. And they exchange some presents. They both realize neither one of our ways, right? Nicole's is going to find her own way. And it's probably going to be some sort of combo of the two. And they exchange presents. And each one's like, I wanted to get you something that I knew you wouldn't get yourself. So Joey got Michael an earring. Michael got Joey a tie. And in the end, they like switch. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, and I love they're like, you know what? We need to stop. Do- we need to start uh, figuring out something to get each other that will actually enjoy. And then they're like, yeah, you know, they kind of looked at their new gifts and they're like, mm, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then Nicole wakes up and, you know, she sees both trees up and she gets very excited. And of course, the judge comes in with her new boom box and all is right in the world (laughs) i again we end with like a christmas card frame and Mm -hmm. i found the ending to be i mean it was fine but it still it just didn't hit quite those sentimental christmas notes that that first one did so Mm -hmm. of the two yeah i really really liked that first one like it seemed you know you could lean into uh you know a charles dickens type thing here of like the future and all that stuff and i feel like they didn't even lean into that right and that's why like the nicole stuff just it seems so absurd like the mime thing and her uh you know her cats consistently running away like i know what they're trying to do it just felt like uh, with better writing it could have been much better i i do like at the end you know i like that the realization from both michael and joe that like there's no right way we have to let her learn nicole has to figure it out on her own we're right. only here to like guide her but we're not going to tell her how to do things like i like that but it's that's not really like you know to go back to like a, a linus moment this episode doesn't really have that like that's not like oh christmas made me realize that nicole needs to figure out her own way through life like that's not you could have done this with any sort of episode so it felt like christmas was just the backdrop and not mm-hmm. the necessity as much in this so it did have more laughs i think there were more things that made me laugh in this like <laughs> like uh giovanni rabisi being a ghostbuster made me literally laugh out loud <laughs> that, like, that made me yeah I, like I that was actually that legitimately funny um and just other like little things were kind of funny but overall it didn't give me the same type of christmas feels as the first one yeah same thing although i also did kind of get a gallagher vibe when uh that that girl hit uh hit him on the head uh, with a big old hammer <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah I, but but i agree um same thing the the first one was probably a lot better now the show actually did win some awards so in 88 um it won most promising new fall television series and stacy keenan won best young actress in a comedy or drama series for the uh, young artist awards uh, it also uh, won favorite new TV comedy program at the People's Choice Awards in that year. So that's actually, again, like, wow. And then uh, Chad Allen, who is uh, one of those friends, the the cowboy, he mm-hmm. won Best Young Actor guest starring um, in a comedy series in the 89. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was played really all throughout the 2000s. And, of course, now you can find these episodes on Tubi mm-hmm. um, if you want. But, you know, it does make me wonder, what would you say would be your... Hap, hap, happiest memory or moment with uh, my two dads. I think, you know, it's, it's funny that the second episode is, 
is my least favorite of the two, but seeing that upside down Christmas tree and rejogging that memory of growing up and seeing that house with that Christmas tree really made that like kind of pop again for me. But what I do like so much about watching these is it makes me want to go back through and watch Mm -hmm. more of this because it's just, it's a nice little sort of, I hate, I hate saying time waster, but it's when you don't want to get fully invested in watching something. If I'm doing something else or while I'm working, I like to have like something on. And I think that's what both of these episodes have maybe wanted to do is like when we did perfect strangers, it gave me that, that like desire to watch them again. And I ended up watching pretty much all, I think I watched the whole (laughs) series again. It was just like, threw it on in the background. It was you know, silly, mindless TV. And it was fun yeah. kind of going through it all again. And so I think I'm going to do that again with this just because it's, it's, uh, you know, you don't have to sit and think about <laughs> these episodes, you know, it's, it, you miss a little, it's not a big deal. No, and, no, it's and okay. it's, yeah. And so like, it gave me enough Christmas vibes, especially in the first episode, like I said, the Christmas tree in the second one. So it just kind of warmed my heart to watch both of these episodes. Right on. Uh, for me, I actually remember watching this. Um, so I would come in and we would go to my grandma's house like almost every Saturday or every Sunday for a while. There was like, I think a period, it was like, like three or four years where like almost every one of those days, either Saturday or Sunday, we were going to my drive in an hour to go see my grandma and then we'd spend most of the day there, then go to the other grandma's for a bit and then go back to that one and then leave, go back home. So I remember showing up and they would be showing it, um, you know, on on USA. And so we would watch my two dads at my grandma's house. So like, whenever I think about it, it reminds me of like driving all the way over there and like sitting down with my brothers and watching my two dads and then going to play with cousins if they were there, you know, and if not, we'd probably end up watching a little more TV. So uh, I think that's, that's like what it reminds me most of. I I just, I loved that time. Of course, now that she's passed on and we, I, um, you know, we can't take my kids to go meet their great grandma. You know, it's it's a little sad and bittersweet, but at the same time, it's like uh, I, I cherish those memories. So mm-hmm. um, that would be mine. But uh, okay, I do. I have another question though. If you could be any character in this special, like who would you be? Ooh, I think I'd be Chloe just so I could be I could be <laughs> Santa. And I can hand nice. out gifts. Although I feel like I would be a little softer of a Santa. Dick Buckets is kind of a scary Santa. He, so I, yeah. I, I think I would be rough. a, I'd be a little less uh, rough around the edges, and I would hopefully give out more than just footballs for boys and pink footballs for girls. But I think that's what <laughs> I'd lean into in this episode. What, what would you? What about you? Who would you want to be? I, I think I'd be Corey because I want to be a Ghostbuster. Who you gonna call? Well, I mean, that's that's the easy answer. The other thing too I liked with Corey is there's the scene where they're when everybody's looking at the Christmas tree at the tree and Corey's doing a handstand. So he mm-hmm. he's he's, you know, or a headstand, handstand, whatever. So he's looking at the tree upside down. So it's right side up. It's oh, just, yeah. Yeah. It's so subtle, <laughs> but it's it's very funny. Oh, man. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> But, uh, you know, now we come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little bit I like to call gag me with a spoon. So this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of the uh, of, you know, one of these episodes here. And as a guest, I'll let you go first, just kind of, you know, set up the scene for us. So this is one we talked about a little bit ago. It's in the second episode. It's when Joey wakes up after he's already seen what's going to happen to Nicole, if she turns into a mime and all her stuff. And I had to pick this one simply because his like accent and like pure anger when he wakes up in this moment is so funny to me. You said the quote, but I have to say it again. And it's when he goes, Yeah, yeah go for it. It's worthless. All right. It stinks. Michael was right all along. Oh, and be a doctor. I just, it's so like, normally when I'm picking out one of these gag me with the spoons, it's hard because it's something, you know, there's a lot in the episodes I like, but I found this one to be so like, he's so upset and bitter when he wakes up in this moment. And he has like this New York Brooklyn ish type accent that I, that I can't do. And he reminds me of like George, if George Michael and, uh, 
uh, why can't they, uh, Joey Lawrence were combined. Like he reminds me a bit of Joey Lawrence. And so yeah. it's like, he gives off that vibes and just like his pure disdain of uh, waking up from that dream. It just, it was immediately what I had to write down. <laughs> well, mine is uh, also something from his dream actually. So this is a uh, Joey's dream again from that second episode. Cause it, it just, like you said, wasn't as well written. So, um, it's during his dream. He wakes up. He's a little confused. And Michael says to him, <clears throat> so I'm going to do my best Paul Reiser here. Hey, sit down. Relax. Look. Watch some TV, huh? Your favorite show is on. 70-something. Like, ah, uh, <laughs> casting in on the 30-something <laughs> craze. <laughs> yeah, just like, nah. <laughs> That's a bad line. <laughs> they tried. They tried. They did. Just, they, they did try. It just try, didn't yeah. hit. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, I... It does make me wonder. So uh, G.I. Joe taught us that uh, knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half is? Well, I'd say if knowing is half the battle, then the other half is knowing you could steal a Christmas tree from a grocery store down the street <laughs> if you don't have one. But you got to make sure it's back in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's good. That's way better than mine. Mine was uh, ending your Christmas episode with a Christmas card frame. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. We both, I think we, I think you and I are one A and one B of people who love the Christmas cards at the end of episodes. I feel like we need to start petitions to get those back. That's what we need. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll create a ton of bots and we'll get the, we'll get Oh, there we go. There <laughs> we go. Send it out. Come on. I love it. <laughs> now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh man. Uh, Matt, it's been fantastic talking about this with you but uh you know tell me about your show or what do you what else you want to plug sure sure yeah uh tgi podcast we just wrapped up christmas in july we did a classic christmas in july so we touched on honeymooners mary tyler moore show happy days and the andy griffith show it was really fun kind of getting outside of what i normally do uh, we're going to take off a couple months here. We're going to fire back up in October for our third season already, which seems impossible. But what I like we're doing, um, you know, we, we, we've we already jumped outside of the TGIF realm. We kind of go all over the board, but kind of keep it 80s, 90s, early 2000s at this point. And uh, October, we're going to go with Halloween, but we're going to go with some more scary centric shows that had Christmas episodes. So we're doing tales from the crypt. We're doing nice. Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Uh, I think there's a black mirror episode in there. And one other one I can't think of off the top of my head, but after that, of course, we've got Thanksgiving episodes coming up in November, Christmas episodes, obviously in December, Jerry, I'm going to get with you with what's on my schedule. I'll let you pick out something that, that, uh, you want to do we did cheers last year which was a lot we of fun. Did. It was Cheer, fun cheers yeah. thanksgiving episode so uh so yeah that's uh it's been so much fun i mean it, i had a little bit of a break just because of so much going on in my life this year uh buying a house getting married so i wasn't able to do as much as i'd want to but i'm so excited i mean it's hard to believe it. uh the day we're recording this it's august 1st already like i know it makes, yeah. it makes no sense i mean the burr months are right here. So I'm excited for what's, what's all coming ahead. Same here. And uh, that tales from the crypt one is it's on, uh, it's on my to-do list, but I think it's not going to be this season. I think it's going to be a couple of seasons away, but I am excited about it because it's a good one. <laughs> so I well, can't maybe, wait to hear your take on it. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have you on. I think Anthony's going to do that one with me. So oh, nice. yeah, maybe uh, I'll give you, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll figure out a, a oh, yeah, time yeah, we'll to, get, get to get on an episode. <laughs> Right on. Definitely, guys, go check out TGI Podcast. It's basically throwing you back to when you were a kid and it's a Friday night and you're there with your family, just, you know, on the couch, eating some popcorn, maybe eating some pizza, you know, drinking a Coke, watching the shows that you loved. So definitely go hit them up. Uh, again, Matt, uh, thanks. It was it was a lot of fun. And I'm going to end it by saying two dads, two trees. I love you guys. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas, Twitter at Rad Christmas, or our Facebook group, Totally Rad Christmas Mall and Arcade, where you can make your voice known to us as well. We post anything and everything 80s or Christmas related. And if you're feeling like Michael and Joey celebrating their first Christmas with Nicole, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us reach more people and spread some rad holiday cheer. 
Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our super dope website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast Elf, Tom Crow. Merry Christmas to all, and we wish you and yours a joyous holiday season. Later, dudes. Do you long for those casual Friday nights spent in on the couch, cuddled up with a blanket, maybe some delivery pizza without a care in the world? Then I have the podcast for you. Hey, I am Matt, and I am the host of TGI Podcast. As a product of the 1990s, I want to go back and take a look at all of the classic TGIF shows, as well as many other classic sitcoms from that era, to determine if they truly are a holiday classic. We've got you covered with Halloween and Thanksgiving in the fall before we go full steam ahead with Christmas in December. Come give us a listen if you want to take a trip down 90s Nostalgia Lane.